The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stiga. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well, thanks. Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the network that I'm sure you'll enjoy called Raising the Bets. That's a show I do with my wife, Melanie, and we talk about uh, family life, we talk about movies, food, uh, the mass readings of the week, and all kinds of fun stuff like that. Come and check it out wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash bets. That's B-E-T-T-S. So I want to start with some listener feedback uh, from our last episode. Uh, first up is listener Melanie, who had asked if we could install, uh, to tell her about installing Linux on an old Mac. And uh, we had a little preliminary discussion of that last week. Uh, and and uh, I mentioned that, Father Corey, you're installing Linux on the, a same yes. vintage uh, iMac that Melanie had. A uh, little, little bit newer, but it's it's actually sitting next to me. You can see it on screen, or at least uh, Joanne and Dom can see it sitting yeah. next to me on screen. Right, right. Um, and I've already installed it, so we'll talk more about more about it. You know, the the uh, goods and the bads and the yep. things to watch out for. Because installing on Macs, even the Intel Macs, has has its concerns. Let's just put it that way. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we'll be talking about that in an upcoming show. But uh, Melanie is, uh, says, for now, thanks for responding to my request on the show and for putting in the time to answer my question in a future episode. I look forward to hearing that episode once you're able to produce it. I searched the Pick of the Week archive since I sent in my original email and saw Thomas had Linux Mint as a prior pick. I've started to read the information on their site, so I'm glad to know it's still what Jack and Thomas recommend. Are you doing Linux Mint, Father Corey, or something That's else? That's what I've got on here right now. I'm, I'm going to try a couple other distros, because for those who don't know, Linux has these different distributions, and they, they have different focuses, and you know some install easier than others, some run easier on hardware than others. So it's kind of you know, trying to figure out. Linux, Linux Mint is one I like as well, So, okay. but there's others like Ubuntu that people know that are good as well. So Excellent. Yeah, and I'm sort of looking into this only because I want to, for my work, if we can repurpose some of our computers, you know, make them last longer and, you know, be happy to try it. Linux is great for that. A lot of Catholic churches and schools with older computers that are sitting around and, you know, if you can get Linux on it and do the basic things that need to be done on Mm -hmm. those computers, you may as well. You may as well. Yeah, I'd rather go Linux than Chrome. (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Our next email comes from Tanya, who says, uh, after listening to your episode, Kids and Home Assistant, I thought I'd share my hack for turning off the echoes. I'm replacing the A word with echo here, just so I don't turn (laughs) her on. Our echo is plugged in behind a piano, and we have multiple songs and phrases programmed in at all hours of the day. So there are many times we would just like to turn the device off rather than toggle each routine. Volume zero isn't truly zero. It still has a volume about the level of a pin dropping, which ch- children immediately pick up on. Yeah, isn't it annoying that they do that? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Solution, we've plugged the Amazon Echo into a smart outlet and added a routine triggered by a command like shutdown or power off. Unfortunately, we cannot do the same to turn it back on, but nothing's perfect, and the outlet has an app for that. So interesting. So uh, in order to 
turn it off altogether. It's sort of the nuclear option of this, which is just to just to turn it all the way off so the kids can't access it at all. Uh, you know, unless they turn the outlet back on. Um, it, it's not exactly the same thing. I think that our uh, listener last week was looking for because uh, he wanted to be able to play music, but not have the kids be able to choose different music right. while oh, it was working. Okay. But this is another another possibility uh, of a way of controlling it. It's it's a clever hack. I'm surprised that Amazon hasn't come up with something because they they will they want her her highness to <laughs> recognize you know we are different voices but there's nothing for us to switch off yep. you know don't use this voice or don't use that voice right. on a certain your highness yep. because I'll tell you when my husband talks too loud in the house all ziggies and yep. I hope that didn't send anybody going um go off and start doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Because the upstairs one can hear the down, him downstairs. So I'm surprised they haven't come up with a solution to right. that. You know, and, and the, the, the Google Assistant, which I have, a lot of them have an actual hard switch on the bottom that mm. just shuts off the, the voice. Yep. The microphone. Yep. I haven't tested if you can, you know, like, you know, set music playing and then reach underneath, you know, pick it up and shut it off if it'll keep going. I've not tested that, but that could yeah. be a possibility that that could work for for people who have those kind of devices to, OK, you know, you start the music and then you shut the, the speaker off and make sure the kid doesn't go near it because well, they'll figure that out, too. But at least it's something where if you can if you can see the assistant and the kid's not. Mm-hmm. doing it so we actually mentioned these uh last week that the echoes the uh, have a switch as well they all have a, a microphone switch as well uh and we and we also talked about how it's weird that amazon tell says it can recognize different voices for the purpose of scheduling appointments and reminders but it you can't tell it to not listen to that voice only listen to this voice mm-hmm. so it's kind mm-hmm. of strange um so it will we'll see how it how it uh if anybody comes up with any other ideas or if they develop new things, um, I've just shut off the microphone on my uh, that's sitting on my desk now. So I can say Alexa and have it not respond. Because so <laughs> everybody else has just did. Yeah. Right, really. So you mean <laughs> yanking the plug out in frustration is not an option? <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it is an option. It's just not the one I've chosen to use. Uh, yeah. The other thing that you mentioned, Joanne, like where they all go off, I find that interesting because – it happens to me all the time where I'm trying to get the one. We have a small house. We have three of them right. mm-hmm. spread out, but it doesn't do that for us. Like they'll all ping, but only mm-hmm. one listens. Um, and it's the same yeah. way with with no. uh, the S lady in my iPhone. Yeah, I wonder if it's because one is a, a an old the, the first version Echo oh. downstairs, and I have an Echo Spot upstairs. <laughs> As our alarm clock. Sure. At, at this be. point, I'm willing just to go to Hey Shlomo. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Because she listens a heck of a lot better. Right, right. You know, I just get this, the same problem with, with my Google one because I've got one in the kitchen, which is right next to my bedroom. And there'll be times where I'm whispering in my bedroom and the kitchen one will go off. It's like, how did you hear me? <laughs> That's kind of kind of disturbing exactly. a little. <laughs> Especially since the bedroom one is like two feet from me at that moment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. So if anybody else has any other uh, tips or hacks for their controlling their home assistance, especially with regard to their kids, uh, we'd love to hear them. So you can email us at technology at sqpn.com. So a few weeks ago, uh, one of my picks was a I mentioned that I was uh, had just gotten another uninterruptible power supply battery backup for my home office here. And uh, Joanne mentioned, oh, we we should talk about, you know, 
choosing and buying and setting one up in the future. And so mm-hmm. that time has come. And so we're yes. going to uh, talk right now about how do you how do you know, you know what is a UPS? How do you know which one to get? You know, there's a there's a big variety of them out there. And so let's get right into that now. So the first thing to, to know is a what a UPS is. I'll say UPS instead of uninterruptible power supply. Yeah. Because interruptible is a terrible word and, to say. Yes, it is. And we're not talking. And we're not talking about the guy in the brown van. That's no. right. Yes, that's that. That's a different UPS. So a UPS is a basically a smart battery that you plug into your wall outlet and and on one end and some electrical device on the other that continually charges off the wall power while still powering your devices. But then if you lose power in that wall outlet, it continues to power your device for a period of time. I mean, that's 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 the basic mm-hmm. definition. And they, there are features beyond that that they that some have, but that's the, what they all have in common. So why why do you want one? Well, obviously, you so you can keep working when the power goes out if you need to. So, you know, the, the power is out, but your computer's plugged into it. The battery, it's like having, a, you know, it's like a laptop. You, you just keep working. Um, it lets you shut down your equipment in an orderly fashion to prevent damage. So the power goes out and without one of these, your, your system just blank, whether it's in the middle of writing a file or doing anything else, you're done. Um, some models, most models, I think now condition the Mm -hmm. power. So they take the power coming out of the wall, which can be in, in certain parlance, dirty power. And it smooths it out, smooths out any glitches, brownouts, voltage changes, all that sort of nonsense. Um, there are other kinds of power problems that fall short of outages that uh, the UPS can help with and prevent long-term damage to your electronics. So uh, that's the other thing that can extend the life of delicate electronics. Uh, one thing to, to think about is if you have a laptop, laptops don't really need a UPS, but if, mm-hmm. but if you have other equipment, because they, they already have a battery in them, but if you have other equipment like a monitor or external hard drives, that sort of thing, you might want something for that as well. So, Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this, because I have the Synology. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. concern is I've seen where the power goes out and it just clicks that thing down. Yep. Yep. So when I restart it, it's I'm a little scared at times because one good shock and there goes all my movies. Right. Yeah. Right. So yes, and we'll talk specifically about that because you know you could use it for keeping your network hardware up and running, your router and your cable modem, your computers, your monitors, network attached storages like Synology, TVs, mm-hmm. security systems. Uh, you could even have one around to keep your phone charged during outages, that sort of thing. So. In, in- and, you know, a lot of modern operating systems handle things like power outages very well compared to how they used to. I mean, it used to be a right. real concern where if there's a power outage and your system went down, you could have just lost your hard drive. Well, a lot of modern operating systems are much better and a lot of mo- modern hardware handles that better. But that being said, it's still best to, you know, even if you have a, a UPS that gives you, you know, two minutes to shut down, that's still better than nothing. Right. And that's the your situation that you mentioned, Joanne, was precisely why I bought that most recent uh, uh, UPS was because to hook it up to my network attached storage, my Synology drives, because it I had a series of power outages last fall and eventually it killed one of the drives in it. Not the entire mm-hmm. drive, thankfully. And that's why it's a, that's why you have it's a raid because it's it's an internal backup. But, you know, the, for the cost of replacing a hard drive, I can get a UPS. It's, it seemed a no brainer to me. 
So let's talk about some of the different kinds of uh, UPSs. They range from very small units that uh, could fit on your desk to larger units that can that would go under your desk, like the size of toasters or even like uh, the size of a of a tower computer, you know, like a mm-hmm. PC to, you know, big rack mounted units that you can put in businesses and that sort of stuff. So you know, there's there's a huge variety of them. Uh, most of the ones that we'll talk about here are either the small ones that can fit on a desk or a shelf or that go under your desk. Um, there are three basic types. They're the standby, line interactive and double conversion. I, I don't know what that means like why those names are given, but I'll tell you why they're there. So standby is good for your basic surge. So if there's a if there's a power surge, it'll stop the power from getting to your sensitive electronics. For blackouts, obviously, because of the battery, and brownouts. And the difference between a blackout and a brownout, blackout is the power is gone. A brownout mm-hmm. is the power goes down. It's still power coming through, but not as much as it should. And that can also cause serious problems with sensitive electronics. Uh, then there's line interactive, which does all those things. Plus, it handles under and over voltage situations, and then double conversion, which is good for all of that. Plus, line noise, frequency variation, and harmonic distortion. I, I, I'm not an electrician, so I don't know much about those last two line conversion, double conversion, those things. Mm-hmm. Those are the least common, and probably you, if you need those, you probably know already that you need those. Right. Well, and, and I mean, I know a little bit about elect, electri- electrical circuits and so on. And, you know, there's transformers and things like that in there that isolate. So the power coming in is not as straight through to the output. And that's how it can do the um, cleaning up the line noise and over voltage and under voltage. Because, you know, over voltage can fry a system, but under voltage can too. You know, and that's why things like that are concerns. Yeah. And for me, I know a little bit about line noise because my husband was doing... Um, telephone systems for a while and Mm. and in the in the old days we used Mm -hmm. to put line um oh the uh ground noise interrupters interrupters yep in in the phones when the first computers came out and you didn't want them to have noise for some reason um those that that's the only thing i remember no i'm looking probably for something in the blackout brownout yeah Mm. because yeah yeah we don't have a lot of um under a lot that I know of an over voltage here. Yeah. That seems to be pretty straight, but it's the blackout thing. And if I've got a few extra minutes to power down yep. or if I can, can it be used as a big battery? Like right. to, to That's what you know, is. control things yeah. with afterwards, like yep. just let it sit there and just go to it and recharge. Yes. Right. It, yes. It, it, will, it, uh, it automatically recharges and will charge anything off of it when it's in that mode. So let's talk about like how how so most of most of our listeners are going to need just a regular standby and most then most of the ones we talk about today the the specific ones will be in that standby category. So but you got to figure out like how much UPS do you need because there are three different considerations. You need to like so all of the power the power requirements of all the equipment you want to plug into it. Um and then how much time you want that it to be able to run with all that stuff plugged in. So that's like, so the first step is tally up the power requirements of all the equipment. So you think of all the devices you're going to plug in and then find their normal use wattage. Um, you, you know, so your computer, your monitor, external drive, say. Uh, wattage you can find usually in the manuals or on the manufacturer's website. Sometimes if it has an external power supply, it'll be 
on that. And it's whatever the W is, uh, or, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, that's what's up. W-A, um, watt amps or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it'll be amps. Sometimes it'll be watts. It might be milliamps, which is thousands of amps, that sort of thing. Um, and so you add all that up and then your, your, uh, Power supply will have a number that tells you this. It can, you know, uh, handle up to this much wattage of power going out to the devices attached to it. Uh, this the other limitation is that UPSs will usually have a limit on the number of you know. Well, not usually they all have a limit on the number of outlets mm-hmm. on them. There's no infinite uh, uh, outlet power supply, uh, so you need to keep count of how many things you can plug in. Uh, and I think most of them. The, they almost do like half and half. The half the outlets that they mm-hmm. make available are are battery backup, and half are just surge protection. So uh, you got to keep that in mind when you're when mm-hmm. you're looking at it. You can only battery backup about half as many as you have plugs in it. And it should should say for for safety's sake, no plugging in a power strip is not a good idea. Right? No. Right. <laughs> Even don't, I know don't that. Don't try to daisy chain <laughs> no. power. Don't try to daisy chain power strips. Period. But especially off of a, a UPS. Right. That's just no. that's just badness waiting to happen. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Bad bad muju. Uh, yes. So <laughs> so don't do that. And then you need to figure out um, how much runtime you're going to need. Do you want to be able to run for an hour off of it? or five minutes and some of that will be determined by again how much uh stuff you plug into it if you if you have a big battery backup and only plug in a couple of things with low you know that well below its limit you'll get more battery life out of it i mean that's the standard battery stuff uh but if you max it out you're gonna be gonna get less runtime so and so think about like am i doing this because i want to be able to keep working for a long time or just so i can you know, finish up what I'm doing and shut things down. You just got to think about that sort of stuff. Um, so, so that's how you figure out the size of the, you know, the, the different kinds of UPSs. So let's talk about the options and the brands. So the main brands that I would, that I would say that you look at are APC. That's the one I get that they're the, that's, they're the, the that- gold standard. That's the big name. That's the one yeah. that they've been doing it forever. Yeah. And they do all, I mean, they, they do uh business level, commercial level, but they also do a lot of home uh, uh, products. Another one is trip light. That's two P's in trip, trip light. Uh, Cyber power is another one that's, that's uh, well-regarded and Amazon has their own brand, Amazon basics. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah. don't, I, I, I don't know that. I don't know that I would, I really like Amazon. I don't know. I just, I'd rather go with a company that that does this as their bread and butter when you when I'm dealing with electronics. I, I would I this is my personal recommendation is stay away from Amazon Basics for something like this. I mean yeah. they're fine for cables usually, but even then you get problems. I yeah. don't know if I'd want to trust my computer to an Amazon Basics right. UPS. And the other thing that uh, that a lot of these companies ha- offer is a warranty. Like if if your if your stuff is plugged in and you're using the UPS the way it's supposed to be, and you're and your equipment gets damaged, they will cover damage. They will, you know, up to mm-hmm. a certain dollar amount. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, I don't, I, I, again, I, I, I would guess the, I didn't look it up, but I guess the Amazon Basics would have a warranty. But I, I, I don't know. I just, Amazon gets enough of my money. Uh, let's, you know, <laughs> I, I want to spread yeah. it around a bit. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and so, if you buy if you buy the APC at Amazon, they're getting some money out of it anyway. So. Exactly, and all these products are available at Amazon to begin with. So let's talk about some of the options. So 
I would say for the overall, you know, least uh, spend the least amount of time thinking about it. One mm-hmm. is the APC Backups Pro 1500 VA yes. volt amps. So it, it, it can handle up to 1500 volt amps of, of uh, stuff being plugged into it. That's what I got for. I have two of those. I have one right. at my desk for my computer stuff and one for my two, two Synology network attached storage devices. One is personal, one is work. Um, it's way overpowered for mm. the uh, for the amount of uh, power that those two draw, but those are very important. <laughs> yes, see this this is the one I've got as well. It's got actually sitting right next to me, and it it works great on my my Hackintosh, my desktop system, which is not or is a fairly thirsty system. I mean, it it, yeah. it draws pretty good, um, and I, I can get easily half an hour off of it without any problem and that's yeah. what thing you know that's, that's if i'm not gaming or something like that obviously if i'm not really drawing um but it and one nice thing about this one is it's got an on-screen little display that'll you can look through and you can see how you know what it yep. estimates how long it'll run how much wattage you're using yeah. you know what the power coming in is like so if you do have an under voltage or an over voltage coming from the line it'll show you that yeah yep. and you can and one thing you'll talk about is the beeping and you can actually turn that off on this oh. one Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, when that's the other thing is when you, when you lose power, it it wants you to know that you're you're running mm-hmm. on battery backup, and so they 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 have a hardware beep that they start beep 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 like every few seconds, and it can yep. drive you a little batty, uh, frankly, if the power is up for any length of time. So uh, I have to figure that out how to turn that off because I, I didn't look through the manual. Uh, I that. think you basically you, there's there's a button on the top of it that's got like the oh, no yeah. speaker. Oh, okay, good, good, good. I'm gonna totally do that uh, because the, <laughs> the nice thing is, well, I'll, I'll tell you in a, in a few minutes about the, uh, the other way that it notifies you that it's working uh, as is. I mean, the fact that your computer is not off is a part of a way to One of those. Yep. You, you know the lights are off but the computer is on. You know it's working. Um, all right, so that's the one that like the least overall to think about. That's about 180 bucks at Amazon. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not the cheapest thing around, but it's it, it it covers a lot. All right, the next one, if you want to get a bargain one, so uh, I've seen recommended the Amazon Basics bargain one. Uh, that's for fifty bucks, but APC makes a a backup one for about the same price. It's called the four twenty five voltage amp, so it it can do about a third of the amount of stuff that the 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 first one I told you about can do. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you have a laptop. In, which already has a battery, but you want to like make sure you can power like a the a monitor and maybe um a uh hard drive or something off of it while you're dealing with things. That would probably be sufficient. It'd probably be okay with like say your TV. And you know, kind of one thing to comment too is if you have internet that comes either through something like DSL or cable where it's powered from the source, right? Or like I've got Starlink satellite. You plug those in their their uh, modems into a UPS like these little uh-huh. power strip style UPSs, and they'll keep your internet going too. Right. While you're so you're able to still be on the internet while the power's out. So right. that's that's another thing to think about too. Because I've got something. I've got a six hundred VA APC out in the garage for my Starlink, and that keeps the internet up great too when the power goes out. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's this one would be good for like your uh, router, your Wi-Fi router and that sort of stuff would be another uh, use for this that doesn't draw a ton of power. Uh, But you want you want to do the whole adding things up, though, just to make sure, Um, uh, you know, if even if your network 
if the uh, your internet is down, you might still want your network to be up in order to do your smart home stuff. So, you know, if you've got mm. smart home switches and light bulbs, you still want to be able to turn those on and off using those without having to, you know, especially if you've disabled the mechanical switches, uh, you want to be able to turn <laughs> the things on and off with the the, uh, the smart home stuff. Um, and so you can plug your smart home into that. Um, there, another one that is recommended that, so this, I'll put a link to this article about the best, the nine best uninterruptible power supplies of 2022, uh, which was pretty good from LifeWire. But, uh, for, they said for general home use, they recommend the Triplight AVR750U. So that, that gives you 750, uh, voltage amps, um, for about a hundred bucks. And for network and other devices, like see, maybe a game console or other things like that, they also recommend a CyberPower CP800 for about a hundred bucks. So um, it gives you an idea, and you know, click through the the articles. Uh, we'll have several different links about a how to choose a, a UPS, and then b recommendations of different UPSs out there. And click through, read the pros and cons and uh, get an idea of the different options. So let's say you bought your UPS, you've got it now, you get it home. What do you, how do you set it up? How do you get it going? Well, it's fairly easy. It doesn't take forever to do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a fairly straightforward process. But the first step for a lot of them is to activate the battery. They ship with the battery deactivated. Like APC actually sends you, the, the in the 1500, you have to take the battery out, flip it around, and put it back in. Uh, that yeah. way, it cannot. It's not discharging while it's coming to you. You know, in a truck, uh, via UPS, maybe uh, or a plane, <laughs> or a plane, right? Um, and that's actually another uh, aspect of it, which we'll get to about the, the removable battery. Not all of them have a removable battery, so you mm -hmm. activate the battery, you plug it into the wall, obviously, and you start plugging your devices in. And remember, half the outlets are are battery powered. Half the outlets are, are going to probably be just surge protection. But it should be labeled. Some of them, one, th one thing yeah. they usually recommend is uh, when you first plug it into the wall, don't plug anything else into it. Let it charge up and then. Yep. Yep. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. So let it get, you know, even even if not 100 percent, let it get a, a decent charge, you know, so give it, you know, an hour or so to, to do its thing and then start moving your computer and everything over. Right. Right. Uh, some of them, some of the models will have other surge protection, uh, things you could like plug in a network cable or, uh, like a coax cable from, you know, that comes in from the wall into the, mm -hmm. that, and then out from that to the router. Just, and that's not powering. That's not, that's not providing backup power. That's providing line conditioning and cleaning up the signal and that sort of stuff and prevents surges because surges can come through your, your cable TV cable just as much as they can come through the power. It's still electric electricity, um, but don't think that that's gonna that's backing you. Know, that's uh, giving a battery backup to your cable box. It's not. Uh, it's ju it's just a, a little extra surge protection. And uh, and then with some devices, the smarter ones, the little more expensive ones, you can connect it via USB to your computer. Some mm -hmm. some UPSs can communicate can communicate to computers that they're on battery power. Uh, like on Macs, like uh, my my UPS that I have, the 1500, communicates to my Mac. The Mac has a built-in uh, uh, software in System Preferences in the Energy Saver panel that says, um, you know, once you've plugged one of these in, you'll see it there now in the Energy Saver panel, and you can say, okay, when you're on battery backup with the UPS, shut down, initiate a, a soft shutdown after 10, 15, 20 minutes. So 
uh, you can do or, that. There. Or when your battery reaches at X percentage. That's right. another nice thing, too, is you can say when it hits 25% or five minutes remaining, shut down. Right. And Windows has this also built in. Some some manufacturers have their own software that you can install. Uh, and the nice thing, too, like with the like I mentioned with the beeping is if you turn off the beep, the hardware beeping, you still can get a notification on your computer that it's not running on battery backup. And you can have the little thing in Mac OS where it's up there by the clock right. and it shows you just like a, a laptop where it shows you the battery strength, how, how much is in the battery. That's right. Uh, and, um, if you, and if you can also connect it to like for the Synology, I think other ones do this too, like QNAP, you can connect it via USB to a Synology drive and it will do the same thing. It will recognize that it's on uh, UPS power and initiate a soft shutdown. And if you have multiple network and Synology NASs, you can designate one to be a, a server, a UPS server, so that it's the one that connects to the UPS, but it communicates to all the others that are on the UPS plugged into it hmm. to shut down as well. So you don't oh, have that's to, cool. Yeah, nice. that was a bit, I, it was nice <laughs> to discover that. So, um, so that and then that's it. You're just you're plugged in. You're ready to go. Waiting for the the power outage or the brownout or whatever it is. Uh, you're 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 good to go at that point. So one more consideration: future maintenance and ongoing usage. You when you, mm -hmm. you, these are batteries in them, and as we mm -hmm. know, batteries wear out. And depending on the brand and model, you can swap out the batteries over time. So like the fifteen hundred, it has a swappable battery, and the length of time you get out of it, it depends on a lot of factors, uh, sometimes on just how bad your power is. Like if you're if mm -hmm. you're constantly hitting that battery, if you're constantly losing power, getting uh, surges and spikes and that sort of stuff, it'll wear out faster. Mm -hmm. But expect three to five years out of it and you can replace it right now. I was looking anywhere from 40 to 50, 60 dollars about somewhere right. in there for most. That's a good deal. Yeah. And and you can find these ba these the batteries are fairly common. I mean, these the, you can you, if you've got like a, like a batteries plus or something like that, where it's just it's a store that that's kind of their specialty or batteries. You, it might not be. It's not going to be the you know the official APC branded one, which is literally just an aftermarket one slapped with an APC label right. on it. But yeah. still, right. Um, but they've got batteries that match, and they, mm -hmm. yeah, like and they'll be on the lower end, obviously, because they're not the name brand ones, right? But you're gonna pay a lot less for for the uh, the battery that goes in it, uh, which which is good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea, a good suggestion is is to is to to go find someplace like Batteries Plus. Because uh, I've done that. You just you just pull the battery out of the UPS that that went dead or that's dying, and just take it over there, and they can look at the numbers on it and match it up with a battery that'll fit. And they'll recycle the battery for you, the dead battery, which is I've got a yes, I've oh, got a nice, I've got a dead uh, a Verizon FiOS battery that has been rattling around in my car for ages as i'm trying to find some place that will take it yeah <laughs> where it, you're gonna have to tell me where there's one around here yeah I, I have the same verizon fios battery yeah. right exactly so I, yeah I, I don't know if, if you know batteries plus is the brand around here i don't know if that's a store that's in chain you know nationwide it, it or regional is. but there's there's other stores like that out there too so yeah there there actually there are some in in our area in the boston area where we are uh so uh in fact oh cool there's yeah, there's one. <laughs> so, you know what Dom's doing after recording? No, yeah, no kidding. Get rid of stupid batteries in my car. Me too. <laughs> anyway, um, so you'll need to replace the battery eventually. Uh, so what happens when the power goes out? All right, 
you know, the beeping begins, perhaps mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll know the power's out. Uh, and so my suggestion is finish what you're doing, you know, wrap it up. You don't have to rush, 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 rush usually, but wrap it up and shut down. Don't, don't try to, you know, eke out every watt and volt out yeah. of that battery <laughs> continuing to work. Just, you know, take, take a break and shut it down. Uh, the But the first thing is turn off all unnecessary devices immediately mm-hmm. if you want to extend your working time a little more. So if you if you've got, I don't know, a label printer plugged into it, unplug it if you don't need it and and yeah. you know, and then move on. And that is that is where having the little indicator on, on the top bar of your Mac or Windows will do it on the bottom because then you can kind of watch. You know, like I said, mine will do about a half an hour. So, you know, I can know if I, I could go for about 10, 15 minutes and not worry about it. But I can kind of keep my eye on that as I'm working, going, OK, that's getting to about half. I need to start thinking about what I'm going to do soon. Yeah. So that's that's a good thing if you've got the ones in mo- like most of them will have the UPS connect or the um, the uh, USB uh, USB connection. Yeah. And if you have that, I mean, again, just kind of keep an eye on that and, and make, you know, make arrangements to be able to say, OK, it's time and hit the shutdown button. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because my biggest fear is I'm in the middle of something very important yep. and I either don't have auto save or I haven't hit the save button a few times. And there it goes. <laughs> and yeah, yep. no, no, that yep. makes We've me all cry. had that feeling. We've <laughs> all had that feeling. Yes, that that why that moment when everything goes dark. And you, and your heart sinks, going. What just happened? No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I've I've had that too many times. Uh, so uh, I've had that happen in the middle of a podcast once. That was fun. Um. I and Ouch. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I could keep a podcast going under those conditions. Um. I'm. I don't think. Uh, I've never tested whether the internet could continue to run. Yeah. The internet itself could continue to run with everything off but like i've got too much i'd have to get another uh backups for my mixer and microphone stuff too so yes that's yeah it's more yeah that's that's where i'm set up right now if if the power went out i'd be okay for again 15 20 minutes right but beyond that then i'd be kind of out of luck so um so that's that's about all I have for this. Uh, you know, we'll have links to a uh, a couple of different UPS buying guides with some good information about considerations, the fundamentals of of uh, UPSs, and then a couple of articles that offer recommendations of current yeah. devices that are out there. And uh, and you can take your pick. And and if you got yeah. other questions, we'd, we'll be happy to field them. Again, send them to technology at sqpn dot com. I just, I just kind of want to reiterate, you know, if, if you've got more than just a laptop, you know, if you're one of these people that you just use an iPad or you just use a laptop and that's all you have, you don't need it. But if you've got more than that, if you've got displays, you've got printers, you've got, they're worth it. They really are worth even a small one that'll give you enough time to hit the shutdown button. Right. Frankly, if you are just like laptop or iPad only, one of those uh, anchor portable battery, like the mm-hmm. big yes. ones with the big handle on the top. Uh, I, I was, I had a pick of the week a few, uh, well, a while ago. We, ta- we talked about uh, when we did, yeah, uh, we, uh, emergency, emergency preparations. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Um, so one of those would keep you charged up. Even your laptop would keep it charged up for ages. So, um, you know, if, if your if your needs are simple, that's now that's more expensive, frankly, than a UPS, but that's because it's designed to be portable and, you know, take you with you on for- trips and. Yeah. Use it for a lot more things too. So right. now I, I think people who dis- who discovered during the pandemic that now they're working at home 
-hmm. and all of this equipment is extremely valuable. Yep. And mm -hmm. plus, you don't want to be interrupted, you know, lose like four days worth of work in a split mm -hmm. second. I think that's what these are for. Then that's what we're looking for right now. Yeah. If a lot of businesses are giving their people who are working from home, like allowances for stuff for to outfit their home office, consider UPS as in that, you know, in the, between the getting the nice Absolutely. chair and the Absolutely. <laughs> desk, a UPS is, is, a, is a not a bad idea. Excellent. All right, so let's move on. I want to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including John S., Michael F., Justin D., Michael P., and John T. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So uh, let's move on to talk about our headlines this week. Our first headline is about YouTube. YouTube the Verge reports that YouTube is taking on over-the-air TV with nearly 4,000 free episodes of TV. So this is different from the U YouTube subscription service, the TV mm -hmm. subscription service. This is just regular YouTube. And so what's going to happen is, is you can just – they already offer some – movies for free that have ads in. Yep. So now they're going to have TV shows for free with ads built into them. So uh, did you hear the I, big sigh that just came from me? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that, Joanne? Well, I, I think it's going to be interesting. That, sorry, go ahead. No, Joanne. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, I think it's interesting because they say that they're, they're going against over the air TV. They're really not. They're going against places like Hulu that, you know, might charge, but then we'll have the ads. Right, mm -hmm. right. And they're going against their own YouTube TV. Right. If you want my honest opinion, because believe me, there's enough stuff that they're going to, I have a feeling what they're going to put on, on YouTube is going to be the same stuff that's on cozy and mm -hmm. all those, you know, TV, lower TV channels that come yeah. in YouTube TV. Plus you can go to Tubi TV, which yeah. is a totally, which I believe Fox is running. I think Fox oh. is the back end of, of 2B TV. Interesting. And they're showing, I mean, you can watch Carol Burnett shows oh, awesome. or Johnny Carson, <laughs> but it's every five bleeping minutes of <laughs> a commercial. And sometimes it's the same commercial. Oh, that drives me crazy. Every single time. Yeah. So that's, that's not doing anything yeah. for, that would do nothing for me as a cord cutter. But if, what right. does for me, give me something lower that has a Red Sox channel and, yeah, I'll be happy for like the next six months. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, the only one that does Red Nesson, which is our um, Red Sox channel, is Fubo at the moment. Okay. And they're, uh, there's too much sports on Fubo for us. Right. So right. it's not worth it. So the, it, it looks like, though, like to, 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 be, to clarify, it, these are not you know, first, this is not the, the TV show that aired over the, over the air last night, you know, your, no. you know, whatever Survivor latest episode. These are um, previous seasons of current shows or shows that are no longer in the air, that sort of thing. And that's, and that's the thing is, is you're, you're paying for it by watching mm. these ads, a lot of ads, like Ugh. Hulu does the same thing. Although yeah. Hulu charges you. And get shows you ads, <laughs> so yep. unless you Which pay I a really high price. Understand. Well, that's the, to get you to pay even a higher price. Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, I mean, this is this is almost kind of like a, a 
uh, was it Pluto TV Pluto's as well? Where, one, yes. Yep. Where it, but that one's more uh, not on demand. This is going to be on demand where you can pick the shows you want, the mm. episodes you want. Right. Pluto is more just streaming. Like, you know, there's a Doctor Who channel or a Star Trek channel and it's just whatever episode they happen to be showing at that moment. It's like mm. classic regular over the air TV. Like, right, yeah, which case. you can get with an antenna. <laughs> Although, yeah. I, mean, I can't get a Doctor Who channel with an antenna, so they're well, just that, providing a particular service. Yeah, you can yeah. just binge classic Doctor Who right. or Star Trek, yeah. classic Star True. Trek episodes, you know, stuff and like not that. not to go too far down this rabbit hole, and I'll probably be bringing it up in future episodes, mm-hmm. is that there's a lot of mergers now starting with all these little... Yep. Mm-hmm. streaming companies and there's one coming up that I'm not particularly happy about so HBO and Discovery oh right that's right yeah right that's now right. I've got the best stuff on Discovery for little money and they want to put HBO Max on top of this and I'm like oh no <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to mm-hmm. start spending more money on a subscription so yeah you're going to hear me have my opinions about <laughs> well no it, they're becoming yeah, cable. No. it's becoming cable hello right they're yep. reinventing cable all they're over reinventing again. cable exactly yeah the bundles <laughs> all right our next headline speaking of subscribing to things uh is that apple is reportedly considering uh selling subscriptions to iPhones and iPads now a lot of people are going well how is this different from the iPhone upgrade program which you can you could pay for the combined cost of an Apple Care and iPhone over 24 months. And after 12 months of payments, you can trade in for a new device. And the difference, the main difference is, I'm not sure this is a huge benefit to people who are already doing that. But the main difference is, is this is a subscription. It's just an, you, you pay right. X amount every month. And when you stop, you turn the phone back in. That sort of yep. thing. And every, every so often, whatever it is, they send you a new phone maybe every two mm-hmm. years or something like that. Um, and I think the big benefit here is that Apple gets to get you into this, you know, the Apple one thing where now you're already paying one price for your um, Apple fitness, Apple TV, Apple news app, you know, all the different Apple services, Apple music. Now they can just throw the phone and the iPad in there too. And you're, you know, you're paying probably 50, 60, $70 a month. And you're getting everything in, on one charge. Yep. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> go ahead, Father. <laughs> At first, I kind of, I kind of laughed, but thinking more about it is, if you don't want to own your phone, mm-hmm. if you don't really care about owning your phone, if you want to upgrade every two years, this might be the best thing you could do. Yeah, because then you're, you're going to be making these payments anyways if you're doing the upgrade program. And then you have to worry about, okay, I did my 24 months on the upgrade program, and now do I want to upgrade it, or do I want to keep the phone and not pay for it? Well, if you're doing something like that, you're probably getting in two years or three years, you're going to want to say, no, I I think I'll upgrade. And if if they make it where, again, every two years or so, Mm -hmm. heck, if they make it where every year, if it's cheaper to just do the upgrade, I can see people doing that because, you know, of course, you got to have latest and greatest. This, you know, this people the, who the want 14 the is greatest, coming yeah. out the 14 <laughs> is coming out i can't keep my 13 anymore you know that kind of deal yeah but but even even for people like i prefer to own my phone my phone you know my my obviously google but my pixel is is free and clear i own it and i can use it as long as i want but if you don't want to do that something like this actually might be a very good thing yeah um i know i'm gonna say a few things and i'm gonna 
you're going to get feedback by somebody saying, okay, boomer. <laughs> but here, I see something coming down the road here, and, I, and I've seen it for a while. My husband and I discuss this a lot. This kind of stuff is putting people into debt, okay, mm-hmm. by getting things that they really can't afford. Yet you hold up subscription service or you hold up, you know, 25 easy payments and people get into it. I I think, you know, if go home and tally up everything you're paying for all the things. Yeah, every year. Yeah, exactly. It's it's scary, isn't it? Yeah, it's very scary. And I think Apple jumping into the, the first thing when I when I read it was like, this is like cable bundles again. You know, Mm. let's no, folks, if you can afford I I have an 11, I have an iPhone 11. It's mine. I bought it. Okay, Mm -hmm. I bought what I could afford. And now if I drop it and break it, it's my problem. And then if I can't afford something this good again, then I'll get what I can afford so that I'm not always jumping into debt. I think we rack up a lot of debt with all this subscription stuff. And yep. You know, yes, my computer is on 12-month payment plan because that's what I can afford. Right. But Mm -hmm. if it was any more than that, I wouldn't have done it. And I only bought what I could afford a month. People don't think in those terms anymore. You know, if you sit down and you add, like I do every year, I have a spreadsheet where I go through all of my bills and I look at everything I'm subscribed to, everything I'm paying on on a regular basis. And I look at that and it's not insubstantial for a family of seven. Uh, and I think about my my parents in the in the sixties. They didn't pay hard, like they paid like for phone, and that was about it. Of all the things on, that are on that list, uh, you know, or and the and the newspaper, you know. Um, if we're wondering why we're a, a we're poorer and can't afford things as much as our parents and grandparents did, that might be part of it. It might be something to consider. Now, a lot of this stuff is just part of the modern life, and and we're also we're paying less for other things than they did, like mm-hmm. for food and other stuff you know on a inflation adjusted basis so it it bounces out a little bit but it's something to keep in mind the other aspect of this particular uh whether it's the iphone upgrade program or subscription is if you are used to handing down your old phone that you've bought to a child mm-hmm. you won't be able to do that anymore and that that's a consideration that so that may make things more expensive if you have to be buying phones for them instead of being able to hand off an older phone that you own. So that's a, that's a factor to consider in, in, especially in family situations or, you know, like with, with my mom, I did for a lot of time. I handed her my old iPhone because she didn't need a, a brand new phone. So I do that with my friends. They, they buy them cheap off of me. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I like being able to do that because they also know they've got something that has been taken care of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I know people are just going to dismiss me as a boomer, but I think we have to really sit and yep. think about these things because right. this is why we don't have money to do other things like, you know, give to our parishes and to needy charities and buy a home, you know, the, the, even. Yeah. buy a yeah. house. Yep. This is why we don't have it because we're always trying for the latest and greatest. And right. Thus ended the sermon. <laughs> the other yeah. thing, although just to kind of give the counterpoint, like, what, you know, why you would do this or what I would compare it to do. It's like leasing a car as opposed to buying a mm-hmm. car. You, you, you know, the old saying is you buy what appreciates, lease what depreciates. And, you know, if you, a phone depreciates over time. So maybe it's a better deal to not necessarily buy the phone, you know, for you. But that's an individual situation. And again, I, it, it's, I, I kind of think like that, that, 
last idea too is if if you're going to be buying a phone every two years anyways this is probably your better way to do it mm-hmm. because then you're you're not going to pay off the phone in two years most likely right at least not if you bought it so and it depends on the levels of what apple charges because i'm sure they'll have you know lower priced rentals for last year's version versus higher priced rentals for this year's version and and if you want the super mega plux addict edition with the the rhinestones in the case then it costs you more and you, you know think apple's gonna put rhinestones on its phone i'm just yes. being sarcastic. Not. johnny i would drive down a well, they, they tell you they tell you it's diamonds <laughs> yes but come on really sure. yeah, no, yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> that's good um let's move on to another article this is an interesting one uh vw volkswagen is you had an idea for how to improve electric vehicle charging stations around the country. So Tesla has got a network of like over 30,000 charges around the world. They're the, mm-hmm. they're the, the by and far the leader in this space. Um, VW has a, 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 a subsidiary company called Electrify America that has already got 730 of them and they're, they're still ramping up. But one of the things they've, they've identified, one of the problems they've identified is a lot of times, and, and if anyone who owns an electric vehicle, will notice I've noticed this even though I don't own one is a lot of these chargers charging stations that are out in the public they, they're in like out of the way places they're often inconvenient they're, it's nowhere near as convenient as driving up to a gas station and there's a pump mm-hmm. there's overhangs there's a store you know that sort of stuff um, so VW through its Electrify America is looking to change that so they're they're going to create what they call customer oases does that sound Ooh. great? A customer oasis. Otherwise known as an electric gas station. <laughs> exactly. A convenience store, yeah. Right. right. With they'll a be, convenience store. There'll be convenience <laughs> stores. Well, given that it takes time, a lot longer to right. charge an EV mm-hmm. than it t- takes to charge, to, I mean, to refuel a gas engine, You, it actually makes sense to have conveniences. It's actually business sense to, to have mm. things for people to spend right. their money on while they're waiting. Well, this is it. I think that people, electric vehicles are here. Okay. Yeah, to stay. To stay. Yeah. And I think that there needs to be better places than the parking lot at the stop and shop, which right. has one. My stop and shop has one charging right. station. Right. And I've never seen it used, but it has one charge. <laughs> but but see, it's the only one I've seen in my area. The rest of them I've seen on highways. Yeah. On mm-hmm. rest stops, and those aren't always the greatest places for women. And younger people, you know what I mean? Yeah. People yeah. that they're out of the yeah. way. So I give them credit for trying to do something, but, it, but it's going to look like a gas station. It's going to look like a gas station with a convenience store. Right. Because that's the model right now. Right. Right. I, I like the idea that they talk about like building these canopies with solar panels. To, that yeah. is a good idea. You know, and then they, so it serves a dual purpose of generating electricity, but also, you know, covering it from the elements. So I, I, I like this and, you know, have a little coffee shop inside you can go in and sit and have a cup of mm-hmm. coffee while you're waiting for your car to charge or you know that sort of thing i i like it you know in texas they'll have bucky's with you know electro bucky oh <laughs> i was gonna say i think bucky's actually have probably. charging stations now too they probably do yeah put a panera in it and you can sit there and do your work while your car is charging exactly exactly yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot that, that uh, it's interesting how this all this stuff the technological change is going to cause a societal change in how we do things like travel around and you know so it's it's very interesting to see and so it'll be interesting to to see how that and or and whether technology helps to fix the the long charging times and maybe that will decrease over time too and there 
you know, actually, I've been watching a couple of videos with people in uh, that talking about electric cars and things like that. And there's tricks you can do, or like, for example, the idea of filling up to the brim. Mm hmm. You really, if you're in a hurry, you don't do that with an electric car because it's actually quicker to fill, like usually to fill like 80%. Yes. And then go. Right. And just every time you fill up, fill up to about 80%. Right. Because you're actually quicker. Batteries need to charge slowly the more full they get. They they, they charge slower the more full they get because Mm -hmm. you don't want to cause a fire, basically. So it will will cause, you know, changes in our mindset as far as, because yeah, we're used to, you know, you go to the gas station. Top you it stick up. it in, you hit the little lot, you hit the little latch and just let it go till it clicks off. Right. And, you know, with electric cars, it's a little bit different. But things like these stations will kind of help with that, too, because you'll be right there instead of like I'm thinking the, the, the charging station, that Tesla charging station in Great Falls. It's next to a hotel and there's restaurants and stuff around. Yep. But you have to leave the lot to go right. to the restaurant and it's a full service restaurant. It's not a McDonald's. Right. That's across mm. the street. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that should do it for our headlines this week. We should move on to our picks of the week. And so uh, for that, I'm going to first go to Father Corey. What is your pick this week? So my pick is a game that actually right now is on uh, early release on Steam. You know how you can get games that are their early availability, uh, basically beta. That's what we used to call beta versions of games <laughs> instead of now early release, what they call them on Steam. Right. But it's, it's called Rail Route, mm-hmm. and it's a combination train dispatcher game and puzzle game so the idea is you're you're a train dispatcher you've got this route that you have to run but you first start out by having sometimes to build it depending on the mode you're in you either you already have the route ready to go and you you dispatch trains and you add trains you take contracts for trains and you get them to their stations and you tell them to turn around and all that kind of stuff or you've got the more puzzle levels where you've got the stations and you have to run the tracks and set up the signals to run the trains and the trains will come at you at certain schedule and things like that. And of course, you know, the more complex you want to go, the more difficulty there is, you know, um, some of them it's, you know, it's, it's the kind of things you've got 10 waves of trains, kind of like a tower defense type game. You know, you've got 10 waves of trains and you get the first set of waves, you get points and then, you know, the next come and it's, they're even faster or there are more of them or you have to do more crossovers and you only have so much track to build. It's a lot of fun. I actually just uh, found out about it yesterday. I've, I've already put a couple hours into it. It's, it's just kind of a fun, like I said, it's a puzzle game on the endless mode. If you want to keep it just simple and just, you know, nice and light and kind of a relaxing game where you've only got one or two trains to deal with at a time, you can. If you want to really ramp it up, you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so it's 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 really fun. It, it's got a lot of challenge because, you, you know, it will let you send two trains on the same track running the same way and you will have boom, which, of course, means you lose. Uh, you know, it doesn't go boom, but it just all of a sudden oh, it zooms okay. on those two trains and goes, you lose. Oh, my kids would love to have the boom. No, yeah. no trains were harmed in this game. Yeah, but it's it's a it's a lot of fun. Like they just released update four and that has this rush hour mode where it gets harder and harder harder per wave and you know you have mm-hmm. to keep building you know you have so much track to build at a time and and uh yeah it's a it's it's a fun game again it's 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 not hard to learn but it, it can get very complicated very quickly available for mac and windows which is nice. yeah oh, it is mac windows linux nice. so if you're going to build you turn your mac into a linux machine it'll run on there cool. and it's not 3d so it should run on fairly low powered systems i would assume that's good 
it's 16 bucks with uh, right now it's on sale the early release yep. so cool that's cool i remember playing an uh, a railroad game on the mac ages ago it was sid meyer's railroad railroad tycoon could be a couple are, different yep. things um and it was a lot of fun. It's it is a lot of fun. We talked about rail, railroads a while ago with one of your picks, Father Corey, yep. about the the railroad cams. It's just it appeals to something in the little boy in us. <laughs> so, oh yes, absolutely. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Awesome. So Joanne, what's your pick this week? Well, my pick came to me as an Indiegogo startup, but mm-hmm. now Hyperdrive has. Um, decided to manufacture it for everyone. And it is a 4K multi-display docking station mm-hmm. for the MacBook Pros. Now you can get two different versions of this. You can get the one with the two display or the three display. And the only difference is you just it's the other one comes with a removable uh, third display that you can add on to it. But mm. basically it also acts as a, a, a huge hub. So you put the the laptop on it mm-hmm. as as you would with a docking station, and it sits there and it raises it ergonomically. And on the back, what you have is two um, ways that you can put two monitors in. And this is what I like about it: a lot of these hubs come with one HDMI, one Display Port. Mm-hmm. So right. now you're trying to figure out. So your monitors don't always come that way. This one comes with. Two, one HDMI, one display for each monitor. Each potential connection. Right. 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 So that works a lot better. So you right. don't have to sit there. If you you can use HDMI or display, or if you want to build it to, fine. Um, it's got your giganet, um, ten gigabyte, big yep. gigabit. Yeah, I, I always get those confused. <laughs> Ethernet, your power. You got two USB Cs, three USB As. Of course, these the um. The disc and the micro SD and micro SD. Yes. And the way you put it onto your computer is these lovely, those of you can, cannot see this, but there's, it's a rubberized, um, double port, USB-C double port cable. And it's got to be double. Mm -hmm. So if you've only got one, if you've got one port on either side, this is not going to work. There has to be two Mm. ports on one side. And the one caveat for this whole thing, because I didn't think it worked at the beginning is that these can be loose uh, sometimes. So you have to make sure mm. the connections are tight. But when they're tight, this is great for when I need to go somewhere and connect a monitor, which may not be mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I can put the, you know, I can set up a, a computer on any desktop. Well, we were going to mm-hmm. do it here, but it's not. We have a little problem with these older display ports, um, Thunderbolt displays. So, but this is, I got it, unfortunately, for $124. It oh. is two forty nine now. Okay, <laughs> oh. but if you're using, if you want to have this type of a setup where you where you have HDMI or DisplayPort for each of your monitors, this is it, it, Hyper does a good product, mm. and they have different docks for different things. But I, I like this one. So, and then to clarify, when mm-hmm. you said that you, it has two or three displays. So it has connectors, so you can connect up to two right. or three displays. Correct. And the, and the second or third display is the mo- is the built-in monitor, right? It, it's counting the, the the laptop's own screen. No, if you were going to use, you can use two displays plus the laptop screen for a fourteen-inch okay. MacBook Pro. If you have the add-on, you can do three displays three and ex- the three external displays. External. Oh wow! 
Nice. That's... Yeah, and they work. I mean, it works with my thunderbolts. So, but cool. it's a little. It's just a little precarious because the thunderbolts. I'm I'm nursing these things because <laughs> I'm waiting to see the the them. I'm waiting for them to fix the thunderbolt display that just came out. Don't say that too loudly, but I'm sure <laughs> they will fix it by the time I need one. The studio display. The yeah, Apple's- the new one. Yeah, the uh, um, there were some problems that were reported, mm-hmm. but I heard that it's that was early production issue. That was uh the review some review units. Let's hope so. Yeah, because I did go see one at Best Buy, and I was not impressed with the display. Oh, okay. So I'm just waiting to see if they're going to play with it mm. software wise to see if it's going to get any better. Interesting. And while I'm doing this, I have one shout out to Apple Plus. Congrats on the Oscar for Coda. <laughs> that, was, that was your I'll pick of the week. <laughs> that was my pick of the week. I love that movie. And I'll tell you, people were saying, well, how did they get it before Netflix? Netflix, HBO Max, they're throwing so much spaghetti against the wall to see if it's if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Right. Where I believe Apple is looking for quality programming. Yeah. And this is a real quality movie. It's an, yeah. And it's an old-fashioned one. Okay, Boomer. It's an old-fashioned one, but it tells a story. It has a moral. It keeps you entertained. And thank God it won the Oscar after nice. all of the business that went on that night. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Uh, uh, let's just say it was a big hit. Uh, so, it was a big hit. Yes, it was. <laughs> so let's uh, talk about my pick of the week. Uh, this one is uh, one that you – know, so we just spent your money. on The first two picks, I'm going to save you some money. This is a, a browser extension called Honey. And it works with you know Safari, Chrome, all the all the browsers. And what it does is it it sits on your screen when you go to particular shopping websites, websites where that you can buy things. It'll pop up and it will offer to it'll tell you that maybe things are on sale. It will tell you on Amazon sometimes will tell you though this has been on sale as recently as and give you some information like that. But it will also tell you if there, if there's coupon codes or whatever. So I just bought a new grill recently and it was you know as grills go they're not cheap and i was able to save a hundred bucks on the grill because i i when i was in the in the home depot you know website entering in my information i told yeah yeah see if there's any coupon codes i was like oh maybe i'll save you know a couple bucks here and it saved me a hundred dollars off the grill I'm like that wow. is oh, wow. that is well worth like because one of the one of the things that can be a little annoying is it pops up all the time even when on sites where I'm like I'm not buying it this isn't a site where I buy things it's like I don't know sometimes I have like uh, WordPress extensions and it wants to like compl- <laughs> I'm not buying a WordPress extension I'm managing my site here but you know whatever it it it, it uh, that has overridden the this the hundred dollars I saved overrides any inconvenience. It is really great. And I've tried a bunch of different ones like this, but Honey has worked out really good. So I would recommend it. It's at joinhoney.com. We'll have links to everything now, in the show notes. Here's the important question. Does it work at sqpn.com slash merch? Uh, Threadless, which is our merchandise. Yes, actually, it, it pops up with uh, coupon codes and things like that. So. Um, but by the it. way, you like the like the sne- the not so sneaky. Uh, yes, the, thank you for throwing pitch. that in there. Yes, so plug we do it in, plug it in. Yeah, Starquest <laughs> now has uh, a lot of uh, new merch for a lot of our shows. You can check it out at sqpn.com slash merch, and uh, there's there's some really fun new designs for a lot of our different shows that you can find there. Excellent. So I think that should do it for this time. The uh, we we well, <laughs> as I was trying to say. We would love to hear from you 
on anything we've talked about this time. We would love to know what you think of our discussion. You can comment on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, or send an email to technology at sqpn.com, or now visit the new StarQuest Discord Yay. community at sqpn.com slash Discord, where we're having some great conversations. Just take a moment to tell you that we've had great conversations with listeners that we haven't been able to have anywhere else on social media. This is... Mm-hmm. So much better. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of We're fun. having a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's so much better than Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff, oh, uh, including there's a Secrets of Technology channel and getting some great suggestions and ideas for future topics and uh, asking questions. So it's a great place. And, you know, come and interact with us. We're A lot of us are there, you know, interacting with the listeners. And uh, so come and talk to us. We'd love to hear from you. I'll be there after Easter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, we'll, of course, there are links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. If you can, we would love it if you take a moment, please, to go write a review of the show in Apple Podcasts or one of the podcast directories. Share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow our community of listeners. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Technology on StarQuest. <laughs>